You're a shitty ref! You're a shitty ref! My blade was off my skate! You're a shitty ref! It's Barely in Topic. A podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. I had a case of the giggles coming on. Welcome to Barely on Topic. <laughs> and we're recording on Sunday, April 29th. And it's the day after the Bruins started their second round series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'm here with Jeff and Tim. Word. Yeah. And we're going to talk about Game one. Woohoo! Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Such a, a good start to the series, really. I was going to say it probably couldn't have been too much better, but it could have. Because there was at least one goal more that they could have had. And in one goal against less. Oh, that's right. Right, right, right. And I guess you could make this argument they could have played better because, like, yeah, they're, they're, the run of play for a lot of the game, Tampa still had it, but it didn't really do them any fucking good because, like, Rose just said, nah, nah, it's cool, we're, we're going to do this now. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Tampa Bay kind of outplayed them a little bit for, like, a lot of the game. And then it's it's funny to say this in a game that the final score was 6-2, to two, but uh, people saying that Tuca can't really steal a game, well... He kept them from scoring enough for Boston to just go on an offensive onslaught. Because, I mean, it was 3-2 after 2. And then third period was mostly all Boston. You know what? I don't think that you can argue that the first goal was a go- was a soft one or was a gimme. He was being screened by two of his own players. Well, that's just it. The, the Girardi goal, that was just like fluky, weird-ass shit. Yeah, it bounced off McQuaid and Grizzlick into the goal. Come on. Yeah, at that point, one of those two has to either block it or get out of the way so Tuca can see it. There's no reason why both of them needed to be right, right there. Because There's that too. Because the other side of the goal is going to be open. Yeah, they were they were in a serious risk there for you know, you know, Girardi doing the smart thing and passing it and then going into an open net. They were damned if they did and damned if they didn't. Um, I guess in that situation, except that I think if they would have evened out the coverage. You wouldn't have had two people to block, <laughs> to bounce the puck off of into the goal, and it wouldn't have been scored. So I'm not going to call that one on Tuca. If you want to, sure, fine, go ahead. That's fine. I don't care. The second goal? Oh, <sighs> God. <laughs> Pay the fuck attention, refs. Okay. Like, I, I, I understand, yes, in the rule book, there's no whistle there. But if the ref says, oh, if I'd seen it, I would have blown the whistle. Why the fuck didn't you see it? There's four of you fucks out there. I mean, yes, two of you are linesmen, but you get the point. <laughs> Tuca said that he tried to get their attention. He couldn't get their attention. You saw him, if you saw the overhead shot of him trying to get, uh, you know, to move, he couldn't kick off of it with his left skate because the the blade popped off the skate blade popped off because the puck hit just the right spot okay um and he realized it when he tried to push off because he couldn't push off to his right uh so he tried to get the ref's attention the ref he said the ref looked right at him but didn't do anything i don't know which ref this was so sorry don't have specifics 
so then Tuca kept trying to do that, and he wasn't in position, and the power play goal happened. So that made it, what, at that point it was 3-2? 3-2, yeah. And also... Also, that power play, we never saw a replay of the actual penalty. So I'm not actually sure where the penalty happened. It was an interference call yeah, on DeBrus. They did show it. Okay. Did they? I don't remember. They showed it way later because NBC's coverage sucked. Okay. Yeah, Aside from having Brian Boucher there yesterday, which thank you. I really enjoyed that. But, uh, you know, their coverage sucked because they kept going, oh, there's a penalty on the play. Let's go to commercial. Okay. And then when they came back, they're like, this person's in the box. It's like, uh, okay. And then they wouldn't show you what happened. DeBrusque actually, he took his stick and he flipped the other guy's stick. And of course, the other guy just wasn't paying, it wasn't holding onto his stick very much. So he just totally set him up. Stick went flying and he got called for interference. Interference on that? Wow. Okay. It was on the face off. It was just stupid. Yeah, they they did a really shitty job of showing you what actually happened yesterday. But anyway, it's okay. You know, the Bruins penalty kill is usually pretty good. So if you were like me, you didn't really worry too much about this. Except for the fact that oh, Tuka's skate blade came off. And and then he threw the blade after the goal because he protested the goal because it's like, look, I tried to get your attention through the skate blade. People had a problem with that. And after the game, he said, I wasn't aiming at anyone. I wasn't trying to throw at anyone. If anybody thought that I was trying to throw at them, I apologize. That's not what I was meaning to do. It was a Tuka milk crates moment, except it was, it was a skate blade. He was fucking pissed off because it's like, wait a minute. This is wrong. As he should be. He was fucking angry. <laughs> I loved Oof. it. Poor Tuca. That sucked. Yeah, it was it was unfortunate. And I think that that's going to be one of those uh, rules that's probably going to be looked at in the offseason. That if a goalie loses his blade, it's a little bit different than a normal skater uh, forward defenseman losing their blade. What do you think about, like, the, uh, are they going to look at penalties for throwing shit? (laughs) Oh, that'd be fucking stupid. It was, okay, yeah, you could argue a case for an unsportsman like there or something, but it's still pretty feeble. Yeah. I didn't look at it as anything more than just being frustrated, and I don't think that you should just be penalized for being frustrated. Unless you do a dick move, like, I don't know, stab somebody with your skate blade. Yeah, I don't, they, they, they may, they may not, but like Tuka said, he wasn't throwing it at anyone. It was just, it was frustration. And he kind of, uh, at the end of the game, they interviewed him about it and he kind of like shrugged it off as, oh, I was just frustrated. Things happen. You move on from it. And at that point in time, I remember after it happened, um, I was a little bit worried at how Tuca would be focused going forward, and it it didn't affect him at all. I was not worried for one moment because I'm going to tell you something that I learned in that last Tampa game that I went to, or that first and last one I went to at the end, near the end of the season. When Tuca is fucking fired up, watch out. Yeah. 
because Conacher, who's sitting on Carlo and interfering with Tuca, and it's like, fuck this shit. I'm going to fuck you up. I love it. Uh, I think when Tuca gets angry, when he gets that fire inside of him, I think he he doesn't implode. He tends to explode. He is a passionate motherfucker is what he is. Right. So what you you saw some really incredible saves from him yesterday. Yeah. There were times where his team was just not getting it out of the zone. They weren't clearing the oh. zone. They weren't they weren't not doing him any favors and he just you know saves don't have to be like absolutely like athletic all the time, but he he made some really great saves, some very timely ones. He wasn't doing a whole lot of the let's cover up the puck. I'm just going to try to get the uh, the puck to one of my other players. Let's go. I don't want a defensive zone face-off. Let's get it out of here, boys. I, I really felt like his play was just like, how many times have I told you I don't want the puck over here? Get it out. And then his team responded by scoring. It's great. Well, there's that. And something that I think Tuca looked more comfortable in net than he had um, the last couple games against Toronto. And it seemed like he was tracking the puck a lot better. I have a theory. Oh, <laughs> So those were new pads. Yep. They said apparently they were the um, the second time he's changed pads this season, but I don't know when it what when the first pair first change happened. When he got benched. What if the first change was the end of November? Well, like what if maybe Duca really just needs fresh stiff pads? Broken in ones aren't going to fly for him right, potentially, because like he was so solid both, both both positionally and acrobatically, you know. So, yeah, I would, it would be interesting to find out when the other time he changed pads was. Yeah, I don't think he's going to tell you that, but... No, no, probably not, but... Uh, do you think that psychologically it's just kind of like, ugh, I had such a bad series. We made it through, but let me just chuck these pads. I'd rather work some new ones. It's like bad juju. Oh, I'll point out the Rask did that in 2013, too, as well, right? You know, he was... <laughs> Not the pads, but they had a bad first round series and then went fucking nuts for the remainder of the play- of the playoffs. Well, DJ Bean said something last night on the uh, on the uh, NBC Sports Boston um, coverage because apparently Felger is letting him sit in with him and Tony Amante now, which is I think actually good because you know what you need a different voice in the echo chamber. But over time, I, I just I. I grow a little weary of that voice. Uh, that voice is, uh, that's always saying, Tukarask sucks. This team can't win. Yada, yada, yada. As a fan, why do I want to sit and listen to that all the time? Look, I, I, I think criticism is always fair. Is Tuka the best all the time? No. Are there times where he is just awful? Yes. Is every loss on him? No. No, 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 no. This team is capable of losing from top to bottom doesn't just have to be him. And I think there's something to your uh, pad theory where he was he just was like, you know what? I these I had a terrible series, let's change the pads out. And because first of all, goalies are crazy. Second of all, he did that with his helmet. That's where and, I was going, Tim. Oh, okay. Yeah, he had like one he changed his helmet for like a game, had a terrible game and went back to his old one or something like that. That was it. That was it. So, you know what? Whatever object you want to say your confidence will be improved by getting rid of, do it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Tuka's had the same helmet design for as long as he can remember. Yeah, he never changes it. He never changes it. You're, oh my God, that's what it is. 
holy crap. But it was just that very specific helmet that one time. And it was like, forget it. I got to keep this one. My life is much better. Look, I hate this pen. I'm throwing this pen over there. I had a sucky <laughs> podcast last time. She's going to make it better this time. I don't care. I, I don't care if he makes a ritual sacrifice before the game. I don't care if he drinks and eats the same thing between each game. I don't care if he sleeps up upside down and pretends he's a vampire. If that's going to make him play better, let him do it. I agree. Hyperbaric Chamber sounds great. Let's do it. JD Drew, who played for the Red Sox, did that. Slept in the Hyperbaric Chamber. Can only wear a sequined glove underneath his catching glove? Do it. Hey, Tuka, the new pads, they are fantastic. I love them. Keep them. They seem to work so well. Now, for now. there was another... Uh, goal affected by uh, poor performance by the ref by the officials. Oh yes. Um, um pasta. No, it's depressed. Pasta knocked. They got knocked down. Pasta. It was pasta. It was pasta. Yeah, pasta gets knocked down and uh, stands up and cross checks his uh, assailant back. Several seconds pass, and um, uh, Marshan scores a goal. At which point, one of the refs wears it, waves it off on the eternal awfulness of intent to blow. Uh, no, fuck you, refs. Blow the fucking whistle if you intend to blow it. You see the cross check happen, you blow everything dead. Yeah, that ref had all the time in the world to do that. Yep. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I remember at the time, I, I sent Jeff a message saying, we're going to have to talk about that. <laughs> you sure did. And my response was... um. Yes, that sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the refs did intend to blow. They were awful. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, I remember the very next goal the Bruins scored too. I yelled as loud as I could. Call that one back, motherfucker. <laughs> you you, you the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh. That was awful. That was so bad. And it's funny because had those calls gone for the Bruins, say Vass, Vassy over there lost a, st- a blade and the Bruins scored, or... Tampa Bay had a goal taken away. It would be a giant conspiracy that the NHL wants the Bruins to win. I think we've been pretty fair on this. Just the officiating this playoffs has been really bad in general. It's not just Bruins. Yeah, it's not just Bruins series. It's not just going one way or the other. It's just shit. The officiating has been all over the place, and they haven't been doing a great job. And I swear, this same crew was the same crew that was in for, like, Game 6 last time. You know what? Luckily, their terrible officiating didn't really affect anything because, you know, Bruins went on the, went on the penalty kill at that point, and Tuca made great saves. I actually, in my notes, I wrote, he made two great saves on this PK. Like, and they were back-to-back because he was getting peppered there, and it was just like, ah. But Tuca did it. And you know what? I just want to say, uh, by the way, uh, do you know what I was wearing yesterday? Tuca. I was wearing Tuca. See, I, I stayed with what worked with what I went with in first in the first round there, so I was still wearing the the, the Krug jersey and uh, and drinking the cider. So, uh, Bruins got a pretty good record for the three games I wore. I did that combo, so you know. 
I know, but you know what? I just I was throwing my support behind Tuca yesterday and experimenting to see if that would work. And guess what? I, I support that call. Yeah, it it worked for yesterday, so we're gonna see if it works for tomorrow night. But uh, yeah, mine so- was the same. Uh, Mookie bets in the morning, and hey guys, bear for the game. It's been working with that double combo. Okay, so Brad didn't get that goal early in the second, you know, or midway through the second. But he did get his goal later on in the game. I think that's very important to note. Let's talk about our goal scorers. We had Rick Nash. Twice. 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 And that second goal was a snipe. Oh, and and the first one, eight seconds into a power play. Our only, the the Bruins' only power play. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Eight seconds of power play time. (laughs) That's all they needed. That's all they needed. Which is nice. It's nice when you only need eight seconds. Yeah, that second goal was crazy. I didn't think it was a goal because I heard the ping, but then they call it goal. And it's like, and then you see the replay and you're like, holy shit. It bounced off the post poorly and into and all around. It was great. <laughs> it's like when a field goal kicker bounces it off the upright and in. Yeah. And you're just like, how did that happen? It was perfect. It was great. It was wonderful. And and you know what? I loved it yesterday after on the Nesson postgame show, they were like, well, maybe Rick Nash just needs to play against the Lightning every postseason game. And it's like, that's right. Every postseason game from now on, he's playing the Lightning. Just tell him, Rick, you're playing the Lightning. Oh, hypnosis. Let's hypnotize him. Rick, you're playing the Lightning today. (laughs) You're going against Steven Stamkos. Vasilevsky is always in that. <laughs> also, something interesting about that game is I hadn't really registered how many players that were on that uh, Rangers team that lost in the cup final in the most forgettable finals of the last decade. Um, oh, my God, I forgot. We're in this game, that. right? Yeah. yeah, I think there were seven between the two teams. Yeah, because uh, Strawman, Miller, um, uh, Girardi, McDonough, and, um, uh, and uh, Nash. Is that everyone? Yeah, because Holden wasn't the Ranger yet then. He was uh, probably Colorado. So It only makes sense that you've got all these ex-Rangers down in Florida because that's where all old New Yorkers go. <laughs> yep, it checks out. <laughs> but anyway, Bruins looked really great. We had goals from Rick Nash, two of them. Bergy. Twice. Bergy had two. And one of them was that crazy like um, pass back up from the goal mouth, right? Yes. Yeah, it was like back up and then right in, too. It was was an interesting uh, tic-tac play there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. That first line was just doing great. Then there was the non-goal, which we're not going to talk any more about because we did that. And then, oh, yeah, at the end of the game, um, DeBrusque had an empty netter with, like, six minutes left in the game. But there's there's a lot more to that. Like, like, like DeBrusque's third period was fascinating. Yeah, I did want to get to that, okay? Yeah, DeBrusque, he... Who was it that he ran into that he looked like he got... Kalorn put his shoulder right into square into his solar plexus, I think. Okay, because that kid was bowled over and could barely stand up. Yeah, I think he was completely winded based on how that hit went down. Yeah, and so he kept trying to get up. He lost his stick. He's, like, crumbled on the ice. He had to go back and get his stick, and then he's back into the breach. So he's, like, he's trying to block... He, like blocks a shock or something like that. Oh, he's transparent. He doesn't have his shit together yet at all. But uh, yeah, blocks the shot, does that dive so it clears the zones. We could finally get off the ice. Yep, yep. Um, and 
And that sequence that you're talking about with that empty net goal, Bruins were on the penalty kill or had just gotten off the penalty kill. Yep. The Lightning took Vasilevsky off for 25 seconds. Not the whole thing, just 25 seconds, the last ones uh, of that that, uh, power play. But he was still out of net when DeBrusque went down and shot his empty netter. And it was just like, they counted it as an empty netter, so the time might have just expired on the power play. But, holy fuck, who does that with six plus minutes to go? The lightning? It's a very Patrick Waugh move. Oh my god, I think it even out out Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh. I, I, kept, I got sympathy to this approach. You're not going to lose. What are you going to do? Lose the game more? Well, yes, but like, what does that matter? <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between 5-2 to two and 6-2? to two? <laughs> Well, I mean, really though. It's, um, and remember, it, at that point, well, what else was Cooper going to do? So... Cooper clearly had no answer for 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 the um uh, for the first line there. He kept rolling the Braden Point unit against them. That did not work out at all. Yet I'm still seeing people suggest that he keeps with that model. It's like why? I would go for nuclear super weapon against nuclear super weapon. Cancel out and hope that your depth is better. If I was Cooper, I <laughs> loved it myself because oh, I'm a fan. I just don't understand. <laughs> keep rolling Braden Point and whoever is with him do it um is that line uh, palat and johnson i think yes something like that oh because brad brad is making friends with tyler johnson oh yeah he was whispering (laughs) sweet nothings into his ear i heard somebody saying that they were afraid he was going to put his uh that brad was going to put his tongue down tyler johnson's throat i'm like that's not really what it looked i I would be more concerned about him licking licking the inside of his ear based on how that went down yeah, he, he just looked like he was uh, whispering sweet nothings into his ear, if you ask me. <laughs> Brad got under everybody's skin when he did that to Komarov. Not, not me. Not me, because like, I thought Brad it was, was under the skin of the announcers yesterday. Like, holy cow. He, he is just fucking up everybody's, like, perceptions on things right now. And it's lovely. I love it. Keep doing it, Brad. And did you see that Brad said that that you know that report that uh, the NFL uh, NHL would be funnier if the NFL came down with this, but the NHL reportedly told the Bruins to tell him to knock it off, and he's like, false. No, <laughs> yeah, he did it on a couple different articles. He tweeted back, I'm like, nope, this is false. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that he's he's singing "Careless Whisper" to uh, to Tyler Johnson. <laughs> just be so great. I'm never gonna dance again. Guilty, but I got no rhythm. Oh, he's really just yeah. I mean, I can see Brad calling up to someone and whispering in an ear and threatening to kiss them too. So you know, to wouldn't what put it past him. <laughs> the the, um, uh, the silence of the lambs dance. Oh, oh God, <laughs> Brad, just keep it up, Brad. I I, I think it's great gonna be wonderful oh and then and, and brad is, is is all inside this team's head too it has been for a decade right <laughs> yeah you know one of the things i said to my uh, husband yesterday while watching the game is that i like this matchup between these two teams not just because the bruins tend to be pretty good against the lightning i don't know what it is exactly that's that's happening i just like to think that the bruins just bring it when they're playing the lightning it's just kind of like Nope, we know they're going to be good or they're going to be really tough. We're going to bring it. We take them very seriously. 
But they have answers. They always have answers, and I love it. Uh, one of the things that I said to him is that I don't really hate too many people on this team. Conniger pissed me off during that one game because he was an ass. Paquette is and an ass. Brian Callahan's kind of a scumbag. Yeah, he is. He is. But for some reason, my good feelings toward other members of that team just kind of override those scumbags. Yeah. Well, see, you, you've listed a healthy scratch and two fourth liners. Well, there we go. See? But can you really say bad things about Victor Hedman? Uh, no. Nope. Don't really got anything bad to say about uh, Kucherov or Stamkos nope. or anything like that, too. Their stars are, I'm not going to say they're necessarily likable. They just sort of are. They're like lawful neutral. They're like lawful neutral hockey players. Hey, I, I totally understand what that is. I tend to operate in, that's my wheelhouse. <laughs> I mean, I can't really say anything bad about them. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I don't have to hate the other team. I just don't want them to win. Right? I kind of have gotten to the point of hating them, not necessarily because of the players on the ice, but um, because of having it flooded into my timeline so much right now because of the Bucks crossover. And their fans genuinely a lot of them genuinely hate boston with a passion you know it's 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 the thing i said about this is it's actually probably a, a realer rivalry than the buffalo one right like i think this is like i know boston tampa's a rivalry that's been made fun of in the national media but no 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 i think this is this is very real and has been for a long time yeah, it and 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 also if you like with the Red Sox and Rays, the Rays fans genuinely hate Red Sox fans and vice versa. So like, yeah, they I kind of hate them. I kind of do. Mm. See, I have no other perspective because um, there's no rivalry in football. I don't watch baseball, and I don't know if there's even other sports that matter here. <laughs> <laughs> if there are, I don't actually pay attention to them. So for me, it's like, this is this is fine. This is okay. But, you know, I'm not seeing the butthurt stuff like I am seeing with uh, Toronto. That stuff filtered way the fuck in. Well, you know, Toronto, one of the problems, too, is so much of the online hockey media started out as Toronto fans, and um, they lose any ability to maintain objectivity when the, when, when the Leafs are involved. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge them that necessarily because you know they, 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 they came into us from where we are. They just, you know, made careers out of it. So, but, but it's still obnoxious as fuck. I'm just gonna enjoy this series. I'm just gonna not listen to the noise and stuff. And well, that's everything. just it. I'm just so pumped. I'm so happy the series happens because, like, I've been so ready for this for weeks. Me yeah. too. And the and game one delivered in almost every way. Oh, it was beautiful. God, did we? Did we get all the goals? Yeah, we did. I guess there were like six, right? Yeah. 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 I keep thinking there were seven or eight or ten. I'm waiting for that ten game. That would be great. Oh, okay. Ready? There was uh, one point I wanted to make a note of. Um, in, early in the third, or there was like a little scrum around one of the nets. You know, people were starting to pair off, but they broke it off. Nothing nothing came of it at all. It's just one of those like, rumble, 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 rumble. Right, so Bacchus and Sergachev were behind the goal. And they they showed them before they cut to commercial. So Bacchus looks over at the ref. Like, he's kind of got Sergachev, like, in his arm or, or something. And he looks at the, at the ref. And I thought to myself, this is what he said. What? I can't beat the shit out of him? 
<laughs> it, the look on his face was just that. It was like, what? I can't beat the shit out of him? I thought that was hilarious. Hilarious. Something else I took away from this game, too, is McAvoy looked like he had his legs under him, finally, again. Well, he did in Game 7, too, right? So like, whatever it was that was going on in Game 6, because he looked bad in Game 6. Yeah, he's he, clearly, you know, put that out of his head now, which is great. <laughs> that first round series didn't go to overtime. I don't think any of the games went to overtime, but it was None exhausting. Yep. It, it was exhausting for us. It had to be doubly so, maybe triply so for them. I have to I have to say I'm terrified of any games going to double overtime. Okay, well, Ugh. don't worry about it. Uh, oh, oh, God. Just because be so like, I'm on fucking late. Atlantic time, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> so one thing I did notice yesterday, and I, I could have been wrong. I didn't take a look at the lines. I was kind of pressed for time yesterday with things I was doing. I saw Nash centering the fourth line. Was that all game, or was that just towards the end of the game? Um, sometime in the second, I want to say, maybe. Yeah, because Corelli went up to center the third line. They swapped him. Well, you know, Nash really only had that one good game, right? The game that Bergeron was out, and it was because he was up with, with Brad and, uh, and and Pasta. I think maybe taking that puck to the head is still sort of, you know, He's a little scrambled. Off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying anything like, Riley Nash sucks. I'm just saying this is just an observation that I made. Because I, these are the two things that I, I wrote down. Uh, Nash and Crawley swapped. And then later in the game, we saw more Miller-Grizz than we saw Grizz-McQuaid. We talked about this the other day, and I, I do think that Krug's ability to drag McQuaid around is better than is sufficiently better than Grizz's that we're just unnecessarily shortening our bench by put but by doubling up Miller Miller and Krug in my opinion. Right. I saw Grizz and McQuaid on the ice and that goal happened. And there was not a very clear communication of where either one of them should have been, I think. I'm not saying that McQuaid's a lousy teacher. I'm just saying you get into a moment and things suck. So why not put the rookie back with the guy he was working well with? And you'll find ways to use Kevin in situations that you won't use Grizz. Not power play, obviously, because it, Grizz is on a power play unit, isn't he? Is he? I don't know, because like, so Krug's on unit one, but isn't, isn't McAvoy on unit oh, Okay, yeah. On unit yeah. Two? yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Well, what I'm saying like, Grizz is... Grizz does get the third most power play time for what it's worth. Right. Mostly because are you really going to put Chara, Miller, or McQuaid on the power play? So obviously Grizz gets the third most power play time. Right, right. I'm just saying I'm saying that you'll find a way to put Miller out there more in cases that you need him that maybe you wouldn't put Grizz. If if you wanted to give Kevin more time, you'll figure that out. Um, I'm not the coach. I'm just saying put Grizz and Miller back together. Just keep that. They work well. Let's do it. And yeah, and you know, when McQuaid and Krug, if nothing else, McQuaid, you know, you don't really want McQuaid on your second pair. Fine. But McQuaid and Krug understand one another. And I do think McQuaid plays better than he is when he's with Krug. Right. So, you know what? That's fine. You know, you, you, you make do with what you got and we don't have Carlo. Oh. One thing I will say about Grizz, uh, he did have that really nice play in the first or second period on the 2-1-1. On one, and uh, he just smothered the guy who had the puck before he trying to get the pass over and played it beautifully. And, I mean, it really stopped that chance in its tracks right there. Um, I th- it was in the first or second period. I'm not knocking Grizz at all. I'm just saying that, you know, if you're going to throw pairings out there, 
That's the pairing I want to see. And I think that you can get creative with how you deploy them. If you want to give Kevin more time out on the ice and take a little bit more time away from McQuaid, you can find a way to do that. Yeah, that's the thing that that got exposed in the first series is that we don't have a huge amount of mobility in that second. I mean, well, we, we have Krug who goes all over the place. But what I'm saying is that we're missing one of our more mobile defensemen, even if he is a stay-at-home type and not very offensively minded at all. We're missing that. So we have McQuaid. And you know what? McQuaid right now is better than Holden and much better than Postma. So... Oh, let's just say McQuaid's actually been, you know, McQuaid had an excellent game seven and was, like, with the exception of that one goal, which again, wasn't just McQuaid, several people fucked up there. Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Was, um, it's been, McQuaid's been quite good, actually, to be perfectly honest. Within the paradigm of still being out of McQuaid, of course. And yesterday, the time for the, uh, for the defenseman on ice was actually pretty even. Yeah, um, I saw that too. It's, yeah, it, it's probably the most even it's been. In any game I can really remember, Chara had 22-52, McAvoy had 22-29, um, Miller had 21-29, McQuaid had 18-13, Grizz had 17-18, and Krug had 17-31. So they were all pretty evenly spaced. Yeah, you know what? I think this is what it comes down to. They weren't playing in any situation from behind. They weren't scrambling, and they had contained everybody. And if you look at their breakdowns at the time, too, yeah, McQuaid only played more than Krug and Grizz because Krug and Grizz didn't don't play on the penalty kill. Right. And McQuaid plays a shit ton on the penalty kill. Yep. Because uh, 257 on the penalty kill, which means his five-on-five time was way less than Krug and Grizz. Yeah. And, and McQuaid's done really well on the penalty kill. Well, I mean, that's um, why there's been multiple times where he and Char have been out for an entire two-minute two minute kill. Yep. Part of, partly because they get pinned in, yes, but still. You know who else was good on the penalty kill? Most of the time. Carlo. Yeah. He had a lot of penalty kill time, too. So, you know what? You got to make it up somewhere. So, McQuaid... McQuaid's been here. He knows this. He knows what to do. We might make fun of him all the time, you know, because he's not the best. He's not the most mobile. He does things where he bangs into to boards and knocks himself out of games and sends the puck over the glass and all of these things. This is his sixth, pl- this is his sixth playoff run. Yep. Uh, that counts for a lot. And over the course of those six playoff runs, there's been one, two, three, four, five. Well, first round was the sixth. What was the sixth game seven since McQuaid was the full-time Bruin? Yeah, that's a lot. Yes, it is. There are a lot of times where we say things about McQuaid and we make it sound like he's the last kid that we want to pick on our, our team. But he's been there before and he has a hell of a lot more experience and knows way more what to do than other people who could be put there. So, but he should be sending like flowers daily to Brandon Carlo for not being able to make it for the second year in a row. <laughs> it's really hitting home right now. It, it, I, I think I'm finally, I, I've accepted it and it, but it still hurts. Think about how heartbreaking, like, if this team, hypothetically, if this team goes all the way, oh. how bad, that, how shitty that'll be to be Brandon Carlo. Like, how shitty that must feel. It's like, okay, I get a cup ring in my name on the cup because I played in more than enough games in season, but fuck. Like, the only person, the only person that would be worse for would be Spooner. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, he it's like in games with the team, but he didn't end the season with them, so it doesn't matter, right? Sort of like why Blake Wheeler didn't get his name on the cup. Well... 
In 2004, when the Red Sox won the World Series, halfway through the 2004 season, they traded Nomar Garciaparra, and he still got a World Series ring because he was with them for the first half of the year. Yeah, hockey doesn't really uh, do it that way. Yep, but like for example, you you may have played more games for the team than someone that does get their name on the cup because they were a deadline acquisition, or you know played like the bare minimum of games in the in the um, uh, in the playoffs to make it. But like I think you need to play three games in the playoffs to get on, or forty five in season to get on the cup, unless they give a special ruling like they did for Savvy. Oh, poor Ryan Donato. Yeah, Ryan Donato is an example of someone that's going to get hosed on that. Pro- also, probably Gianta. Um, and well, honestly, if things go, Wingles made the cut now, Gianta and Holden, um, Gianta, Holden, Donato, though, might not. You know what? I'm sorry that happened, but, uh. I'm happier that it doesn't, that, that, it, that, it, that, that it goes this way though. Yeah. Yeah. Because alternative, we have a reason to be playing, um, Holden or Gianta. But I will say this, Brendan Carlo if things should turn out to be really wicked awesome, I can't say certain words, okay? If they turn out really wicked awesome and, you know, he gets to have some special things, he can rest assured that he played like, what was it, 78 games or 77 or high 70s? More than enough to get on the get his name on if the Bruins were to go all the way. Hey, he made contributions, real contributions oh, exactly, to get yeah. there. So Still, that's, that's rough though. When you sacrifice your left leg for it, you deserve it. Poor guy. Poor guy. So have we dissected this game enough? I'm so bored with it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the game went well. There was some fuckery, but uh, Bruins won game one in Tampa. That's very big. Not today, refs, they said. Not today. That is big, because now you've taken away the home ice. It is. It's great. But I think that we need to be realistic. Well, this isn't going to be a sweep. No, fuck that. Tampa's entirely too good for that. Okay, just wanted to say that. Because I had that thought go through my head today, and then I was told to not do that. Yep, that would be prudent. It's not not over until it's four wins. I know. I know. Yes, Tuka. I agree. Okay. But we are close. We are closer than they are. All right. So, Jeff, you wanted to make comments on the draft lottery. For starters, the entire way they did this was weird. Basically, it gave like Twitter like two hours after they did uh, after they announced who the three finalists were to like yammer about probabilities, <laughs> which was kind of fucky. But what uh, could of course, possibly go wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. So you know. Eventually, during the second intermission of the um, uh, of the West Coast uh, of the Pacific game, because of course that's how you do things, right? Oh yeah. Um, is when they you know announced the um, uh, the winners there, keeping in mind that um, uh, all three teams at the top of the list were Eastern teams, because you know that's exactly what you want to do to their fans. <laughs> do fans actually watch this? I mean, I did the two years the Bruins were in the lottery, even though they had basically no hope. I mean, because, you know, what else do you got to do at that point? You got to cling to whatever hope you got. And if you're Buffalo fans, this is a thing they had. They, they've been there before. And I find it absolutely hilarious. The Buffalo finally won the draft lottery the year they weren't trying to suck. Whereas they lost the um, Ekblad and, of course, the McDavid lotteries. 
I'm just thinking about VA's comment to Toronto, act like you've been there before, and if Buffalo was celebrating, act like you've been there before. <laughs> well, Buffalo did their due, paid their dues on this one, though, right? They <laughs> they have every, they've earned to be that pumped. <laughs> that said, I'm still not particularly excited to see Dolan in the, in our division, but he's not a hab, and he didn't get banished to Ottawa, so you know, small miracles. Yeah, he's not being ritually sacrificed. Well, he is, but not in in a poor vet way. So anyway, that way that shook out is um yeah. So um uh, Buffalo gets first overall, and uh, and uh, the Canes got second overall. <laughs> yes, Tuca, I know. And uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see what they do. Right, the consensus second pick is uh, Andre Svechnikov, with the third overall being uh, Halifax uh, Mooseheads um, uh, Philip Jadina. Right, kind of hope. Zadina goes second overall because I don't particularly want a moosehead to go. I'm one of the mooseheads I've enjoyed watching becoming a hab. So, Canes, throw me a bone here. <laughs> oh, no. Jeff is going to be disappointed in June. I mean, like, Max Power is going to be a fucking Blue Jacket, which, okay, fine. I have no ill will against them. But really, am I going to watch Blue Jackets games unless they're playing the Bruins? No. And Max no, Power why would you put like yourself through that? And Max Power, but what I mean, Maxime Fortier is, you know, like the, like my favorite junior player ever. He watched a whole lot of them in Sudbury. Those were some bad teams. Watched some bad teams here, but, but Fortier was always there being, you know, actually good at hockey. It somehow didn't get drafted. But, um, yeah. Oh, see, the draft to me is always, um, well, I don't really watch the draft that much. I'm sorry. I'm just, it's it's not my, my thing. Other people can do that, and then they can tell me about it. I mean, I don't really care about the draft this year. The Bruins aren't going to pick till really late in the second round. But uh, yeah. yeah, we had a lot of interactions last week. Do we want to talk about any of those, or let's leave those be? We, we can. A lot of Facebook. There's a lot of Facebook chatter, for example. We can, but I can't access it. So if you have access to it, we can talk about. It. Okay, well, let's give me a moment on that. Okay, so um, just in general, we had a couple of um, uh, fans who were responding to quite a few of the um, uh, of the, the posts during the um, game seven, actually. Oh yeah, um, because I was. Um, uh, yep, yeah, headlined by, of course, our, our, our long-standing friends like uh, Russ Hallowell and um, uh, Adam Rambo Ram uh, um, uh, Ramage as well. I believe both of them. Uh, had a fair bit to say. When I'm trying to scroll to now, Facebook's really putting up the fight because, of course, it is. Um, well, I know I tweeted. I said, uh, "Game's on. What are you drinking?" Yep, and that got a response from several people. Of course, some uh, uh, Adam Adam Ramage there, and um, uh, and Russ, as well as Roger Dean Asprey. So, uh, you know, thanks for reaching out, folks. Um, now, after uh, the the post for you know going into Game Seven, we got a little bit of of uh, you know action there. Okay, Russ replied again you know just sort of agreeing with us and uh another um uh, past commenter of course uh, nick ah our um uh, temporarily latvian friend or lithuanian rather lithuanian it was it was casparitis and zubris right um responded to our comments about how um you know some of these uh, other goalies are don't have cups either they have other yes yes his rebuttal was that henrik one fist and carry price of each backstop their their nation's the gold, the gold medals, this is a fair point. However, one of my rebuttals would be that um, a lawn chair could have backstopped that 2014 Canadian team to a gold medal. 
<laughs> so you're saying the level of competition just wasn't there. <laughs> that team was so ridiculously good. It, it was. It was. Uh, and but, uh, Henrik Lundqvist in 20, 2006, well, a, a number of teams that otherwise would have been good chose to basically play uh, DNF. Because both um, Canada and the U.S., among other teams, were really, really bad in two, at the 2006 Olympics. But yes, they both have backstopped their nations to gold medals and have failed to get their, their, their team's cups. Shrug. You know what? <laughs> if Henrik Lundqvist was willing to move to a contender, that would be something to see. Yep, he's made his choice, which yep. I respect. But at the same time, it's like... Eh. And Carey Price made his bed. Oh, and I should stress, but anytime we say this, we're not saying that Tuka is better or even necessarily on the par with these guys. I'd say, actually, he is better than Carey Price. Carey Price's career numbers are actually not very good. But, you know, Lundqvist. So, and I should stress, Nick, none of this is meant as an attack on you. This is just a reply. That's all. Okay. I think that sums it up, mostly. Um, but, yeah, very active week on the Facebook. Thanks for interacting with us, folks. We appreciate it. It makes us feel loved. Yeah, let me know if you like it when I tweet and this stuff automatically goes over to Facebook um, during the games. I might learn how to do it better or something. Or get drunk yeah. and tweet. That would be fun. <laughs> You're thinking like crafting some of those tweets so that they actually, you know, <laughs> work better on Facebook? Eh, pff, who needs to do that? <laughs> no, no. I just, like, what happened was, okay, during Game 7, I'm watching it. I'm trying to be fun and tweet and shit. And then the game made me nervous. Very, very nervous. Yeah, it'll do that. <laughs> and when that happened, I just kind of closed up like a clam. I want to make things fun. If it's not fun, if it's just more like, Ugh, what the what the hell is this stuff? Then that's fine. I won't do it. It's fine. I have a tenuous grip on social media right now. I don't know what to do. And I am socially awkward and inappropriate. So it's great. Works out very well. I always like to know what people are drinking. And I like to know what they're thinking, especially when the game is... Uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Excellent. All right. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Well, you've been listening to Barely On Topic. You can hear us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found, assuming it's one of those four places. Um, you can, uh, if, you're, if you like us, rate us five stars, tell your friends, make us known. Um, also, of course, you can reach out to us, and we quite like that, on uh, Twitter, uh, at Barely on Topic, and uh, Facebook, at, that would be at Barely on Topic Podcast. And our individual accounts, I'm, of course, um, uh, at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. <laughs> um, I'm at, uh... Uh, VA from RI. <laughs> okay. And um, uh, second round, baby. Stay tuned. There'll be more shows. Tim? Mannheim!